Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. Wow, we have such a cool guest. You know her as Winnie Cooper from the Wonder Years. But then she went on to go to UCLA, graduate summa cum laude in mathematics, published in a journal of physics for her mathematical theorem. What? Three-time bestseller, uh, including the book called Math Doesn't Suck. She went on to so many films in television, dancing with the stars for fun, and now does a ton of voiceover work. This woman rocks it. Please welcome Danica McKellar. Hi. Hello. Hi. I'm so happy you're here. It's been so long since I've seen you, and it's so great to hear your voice. Yeah, same here. You know, it's funny, um, you're listing my credits, and I think that most people these days, um, if they watch Hallmark Channel, then they've seen me. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually right now in Canada quarantining because they've got this quarantine rule. Um, we're going to be, I'm shooting my 15th Hallmark Channel movie in the last six years. Wow. So they've been, I've been almost exclusively working um, on Hallmark Channel, just doing, you know, Christmas movies and other movies. And it's just really sweet, uh, just sweet entertainment. Good sweet entertainment. That's incredible to do sweet entertainment. It, it really is. Keep you in a happy place. It does. It does. There's a lot of darkness in the world, especially these days, a lot of craziness. And so even, even more so, I'm grateful to be working on a network that focuses on helping people to feel good. <laughs> yeah, so that's the whole point of my podcast, basically my studio, that's the positive path for actors. So it's all about the give back. So I know we only have a short time to delve into you and your story a little bit. And you're right. A lot of people, but you know what? I hate to tell you, a lot of people do know the Wonder Years. They oh do. My gosh. It's part of, it's, yeah. And it's part of why my Hallmark Channel movies tend to do so well, because especially the Christmas movies, it's all about that, that happy, warm, nostalgic feeling. And when, when people are watching somebody they watched grow up on TV also, like it just compounds it in the best way. And again, right. makes people feel good. And that's, that's what I'm so happy to be a part of. Yeah. That's so amazing. Are these, these Hallmark movies, the characters that you play, are these kind of like your favorite roles to play? I mean, I look, I did um, a show on Netflix called Project MC Squared. And so if there are any 12 year old girls listening, they'll know me from that. <laughs> and that was a really fun role too. I play super like a, this, the head of a spy organization and my kind of talk like this and had this sort of official thing. It was like Charlie's Angels, but and I'm like the Charlie, but for teenage girls. So my daughter is the main character and I'm also the head of their spy organization. Anyway, super fun. But I do love playing characters also that are closer to me and I mean the, the Christmas movie I just did this year I played a writer who writes a column called your best self now mm -hmm. in my real life I do a live broadcast every Monday although some weeks it doesn't happen on Monday it'll happen like on a Tuesday like this week <laughs> but uh -huh. it's all about it's called McKellar Motivational Monday and it's all about living our best lives and it's some new topic I'll pick and we'll talk about it whether it's not holding on to resentments whether it's how to get yourself up off the couch when you don't want to exercise, but you know you should, like any kind of oh, motivational thing. Wait, I didn't know about this. How do I, where is this? Where is this? I want to tune in. It's, you know, it's on Mondays. Typically it's on uh, Instagram Live, Facebook Live, and usually Twitter Live, although Twitter and Periscope, something's going on because they're shutting down Periscope. And I think they're having an issue with their lives right now. Or maybe I was just doing something wrong last night. Oh. Um, and it's never scheduled because I don't think I would have time in my life to actually do a scheduled live broadcast. So just usually it's Monday evening at some point. Sometimes I'll give a heads up on Twitter. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I just show up. And then usually it'll live on my Instagram, IGTV afterwards. 
So if you miss it live, you can always see it. And usually I'll put out tweets throughout the week saying, hey, if you missed this week's broadcast, here it is. So anyway, my character was just, she wrote an article that was basically the exact topic. It was all about living your best life. And I'm reading the script going, did they like write this for me? It was crazy. And I had so many fans say, oh my gosh, this reminded me of what you, you know, what you do in your real life. I'm like, I know. So there's something very satisfying about, about having a character who has a similar mission statement to you because you get to, it just means more when you, when you're saying things like, I just want people to have a good time in their life and realize their best selves and things like that. That a hundred thousand percent. And it's all about the give back. And don't you feel like in your work as an artist, you get to give back from the message that you believe about what the world should be. You get to infuse that into your work. Exactly. And, and again, like with, with Hallmark channels, all their emphasis on traditions around the holidays, it's kind of like, I feel like with this weird and getting weirder by the moment world that we're living in, Mm -hmm. the idea that we can be reminded, we have these reminders about how to find our center, these reminders about the importance of tradition and family and, and having rituals that you do with your family around the holidays or whenever um, that we can all do these things and they can be little things. It can just be having a tradition of we're going to have hot cocoa with peppermint sticks tonight and sit in front of the fire. And let's make sure we do that here and there throughout the holidays, or let's make sure that we, you know, get some bubbles and go in the backyard and blow bubbles together. Just enjoying that time with your kids, enjoying time with your family. And, and uh, I feel like Hallmark Channel helps to remind people about that. And it doesn't even have to be for the holidays. It just can be yeah. on a daily basis. We're going to play Scrabble tonight as a family. Yep. yep, absolutely. How did you get into this crazy business? I was a child, yes. so it's, it's hard to feel like I had much to do with it. <laughs> but yep. I, um, My mom um, was a professional dancer before mm-hmm. she had kids. And she had some friends in the business who recommended that my sister and I go to acting class because we've been, we were just sort of like little hams always in front of a mirror, making faces and being little characters and stuff. And so we started going to Lee Strasberg Institute. We went there for a couple of years, did a few plays there, little musicals and, uh, and really loved it. And, and an agent, you know, came to one of the shows and we started doing commercials and then we had a rule in my family. My mom really wanted to keep us grounded and, and keep, keep, keep priorities straight. You know, priorities were in this order, health, family, education, and then the business. Ooh. Health, family, education, and then the business. So we had um, a rule that we wouldn't do any feature films. We wouldn't mm-hmm. do anything out of town. And we wouldn't do um, series because they were too time consuming. This was just a, it was a hobby. Guest okay. rules, whatever. Well, right. Winnie Cooper was supposed to be a guest role on The Wonder Years, which is the only reason I even auditioned for it. Oh. So I auditioned, and the very final narration after the, Kevin and Winnie's first kiss used to say, that was our last kiss, that was our first kiss and our last one together. So they changed the narration after, this was about four or five days into shooting. Wow. The producers, the producers came to my mom and said, look, ABC has been looking at the dailies and they really think that Fred and Danica have this amazing chemistry and they want to offer Danica a series regular role. My mom, my mom at first was like, uh, but I never, I never even had to go to network for, for wow. the years. yeah. And, and so my mom was really torn about it, but she saw how Joanne Savage and Jane Saviano and Marsha Herbie, the, the other moms were so down to earth and they weren't the typical stage mom. They really cared about their kids being kids. First, they were willing to stand up to the producers and say, Hey, it's been nine and a half hours. I'm pulling my kid right now. They weren't afraid of, of, they didn't feel like they had to 
you know, behave and be nice and sweet. So the producers would keep hiring their kids. They're like, no, you know what? This is my kid. This is our life. So because of that, uh, my mom felt more comfortable and I was like, please, you know, she's like, she's like, all right. And she got me this really high powered attorney who negotiated the contract. So there was a loophole. So they couldn't make us finish. She's like, anytime you want out of this, Danica, you can be out of it. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to want to, but sure. And that's how, and that's how it went. And that's how it went. You know what? That is amazing. And that leads me to any of these parents that have younger uh, kids that are listening to this episode. What's some advice you would give to those moms dealing with young kids out there? Because it's very important because I know I've worked with a lot in the past before the Coogan accounts were ever established and there's stories to be told. So what's some advice you would give to the moms? Just to make sure it's the kids who want to be doing it. Mm. It just make sure it's them. I mean, that's, that's pretty simple for, for us. It was, uh, and protect your kid, realize on set, there's going to be language. Some people are going to be talking bad language. There's going to be equipment being hurled around and and people are not watching out. If you have a child on set, you've got to be their advocate every single moment. You can't trust the things you're being taken care of. You can't trust that they're keeping, they're being kept safe physically or any, in any other way. (laughs) So you really, and I would definitely say, keep the emphasis on their schooling and their education and don't put too much on this. I actually have, I had a friend who, um, I don't want to name names, but um, yeah, I figured out if you tried. But anyway, he ended up as a teenager committing suicide because, and his parents were the kind of parents who were like, oh, our child is, you know, everything and, 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 uh, and the business and da, 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 and what's the next job going to be? And they just put so much importance on it. Oh and goodness. he didn't have as much success as a later teen. And he, uh, it was tragic. And this kind of thing happens. Yeah. You know, you don't know what, what your kid's going to want to do. If Draco, my son, he's 10, if he wanted to act, I wouldn't stop it, right. but I'm not going to push it <laughs> because 100%, that- 100%. You want to just support, you want to support yes. it. But when kids are going out at a young age on appointments, it has to be fun, but actually in all ages, it has to be fun because this is the only industry where you could give the best audition of your life and never hear another thing, never hear another word. So your, your formative years, like you're talking about, it has to be fun. There shouldn't be any pressure because you've got to know yourself inside and out. Okay. So you've gone on the wonder years. And then when that show was over after, what was it? Six years? Mm -hmm. Yep. You did you stop acting for a while and then go to UCLA? And did you know you were this mastermind of math? Did you know this? No, no. So, no. So what happened, I went, I got to UCLA and I did continue to act that first year. But what happened is like, I went up, I did an episode of Babylon 5, the very first (laughs) semester. And I missed a couple of exams and it was really rough because people weren't as cooperative. Uh, as my high school had been and then I got a tv movie and I went I came to Vancouver which is where I am now and I shot a tv movie and I came back and I'd missed a final exam a couple of final exams and they didn't let they gave me incompletes and I was like but I can take the test now they're like sorry you have to take the course over again I was like what (laughs) Hmm, this might not be working out so I decided to take a break from acting Around mm-hmm. that time, I, I, I'd been taking a few math classes and realized how much I loved mathematics. And then wow. was already trying to plan on how, how can I double major in film and math? And then I just realized, you know what, Danica, you just got to pick math for now. You can always come back and learn film because I knew mm-hmm. I would know how to do that. Like, you yeah. know, I can always make a short film and learn about filmmaking and all the rest of it from actual professionals. I have 
I have connections with business. I could yeah. work that out. Um, right. I, I'm never going to go back and do math. And I loved, I was loving it so much. I thought, let me go with this passion right now. I have no idea where it's going to lead me. Let me just go with it. And I did, and I loved it. And <laughs> for almost four years, I did nothing else really. Although I did join the Shakespeare group on class to do little plays just because I just missed, I missed yeah, acting. It was super, it was all like science majors. It was all yeah. science majors who wanted a creative outlet. So we used Shakespeare. It's kind of funny. Well, that's um, amazing. But here's the thing that I find fascinating. First of all, math is so hard. And that part of your brain is so different from the part of your heart that you have to use in your, you know, artistry. Yes. So, so I'm sure it feeds you because it, you can intellectualize a role because you're intellectualizing numbers and figuring out those equations. And how do you balance both? How do you have to go to a different mindset in your head and your body to, to create, or is it? Yeah, for sure. Know? No, I mean, one's in your head and one's in your body. I mean, that's the good yeah. way to put it. And, I, and for me, I need both. Yeah. I need both things to feel fulfilled in my life for better or worse. So I, I've been writing math books now, like funny, silly, educational books that sh- like truly teach math. Um, it's a to 16. Thank you. They're all at mckellarmath.com in case I, my love of entertainment, my love of mathematics, put those together and you get McKellar math books. Yeah, and amazing. I love doing that. It, the process of writing a book is very, heady, very intellectual, even if I'm writing something creative, you still, you know, anything like that is, uh, takes that, that side of your brain, the logical side of your brain. Right. And I love that. And then I love inhabiting a character and just going with my body and feeling things out. You're actually really working all the muscles more so than most people by doing both. But this blows my mind that you wrote a mathematical theorem. What? I co-authored it. So when, yeah, it was my junior junior and senior year of college. And I had this opportunity to work with a professor and another student. And he said, you guys seem like go-getters. Why don't you try to prove this math theorem that is an extension of something that he, this professor had proven a few years before. And he said, I think this can be generalized to more cases, see what you can do. And so Brandy and I, my other student, we would sit and like work all, all summer, it was it was like from 11 to 11, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. every day, my house, her house, my house, her house. Wow. And, we'd work, and then once a week, we'd go into the professor's office and say, hmm, that's pretty good over here, but don't dig over here, dig over there. And we'd go back to work for a week. And we did this all summer long and eventually like, proved it. I mean, it was, you know. <laughs> it's mind blowing to me. It's mind blowing to there's me. No, there's no it. eureka moment though. Here's the thing. You oh. think, gods, I've solved it. What you do is you, you, you think you've solved it many, many times. And you're like, oh, wait, we didn't account for this one. Oh, there's a, there's a loophole. We didn't actually, it's not an airtight proof. Look, see, we found one. So you're sort of checking your work to see if there's, an, if there's a hole that you didn't notice. And you check it and check it and check it. And like, oh, crap, we found it. We found a problem. <laughs> and then the one time that you're checking and checking and checking and you haven't found any mistakes and you send it to other people and they check and check and they haven't found any mistakes. And you finally you submit it to a paper and they all do their checking and they didn't find any mistakes. And they get published like, I guess it was proven. <laughs> <laughs> but it goes drags on for months, so it's so that elation just dissipates. <laughs> well, right. Well, you, know, you know what the great part is that there's elation at many moments throughout the process. Yeah. You just you just don't know if they're going to last because you're not sure if you actually proved it or you just think you proved it. Which is also to say, guys out there, don't just do acting. There's so many other facets to your life, so don't get stuck in doing that. 
and Danica is an example for sure. So what is, do you feel like you had this platform for this math or did it matter that you people already knew who you were? Because I always talk about terms of your passion and your purpose. And if your passion is acting, but you have a higher purpose to maybe give back to all these kids and teach them math, that you need a platform to do so. Do you yes. feel that? Absolutely. Absolutely. From the first time that I went on the Today Show to talk about my first math book called Math Doesn't Suck back in 2007, I wouldn't have gotten on the Today Show to be able to talk about that if it hadn't been for the Wonder Years and all the other things that I've done in the acting world. And when I did, you know, we've sold, I mean, I've sold well over a million copies of my books now. And a lot of that, you know, you, you get in the door, of course, you have to have a real product that actually helps people. But the way you tell people about it, the way they find out about it, it's because of having a platform. Yeah. And I'm incredibly grateful for that platform. What's your latest book? And then we're going to move on to the acting. Yeah. The latest book is called The Times Machine. So this one's oh. for third and fourth graders. So you're learning your times tables. And yes, there's time travel and there are comics and cartoons and all sorts of fun, silly things. And one of the things I'm most proud of of this book is it helps kids memorize their multiplication tables because it's such oh. a dry, boring thing. Instead, I took a little story and a little, I made stories for them. Oh, to bring so them good. to life. Yeah. So I'll just give you one example. Seven yeah. times six equals 42. That's one of the ones that's just kind of like, oh, do I remember that one? Do I think it's 49? Do I think it's, four, you know, 46? I don't know. what. It, so I I, uh, I have a character named Mr. Mouse and he loves cheese because what mouse doesn't love cheese? Mr. Mouse is in a few of my books. Okay. So Mr. Mouse uh, eats a six-sided block of cheese every day for a week. Imagine a big six-sided block of cheese every day for a week, so seven days. At the end of that seven days of eating that six-sided block of cheese, He's pretty full and farty too. <laughs> farty too. 42. And that one is, is that was inspired oh my God, by. Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, it was, I was, I was 40 and Draco's dad was 42 uh, a few years back. And Draco goes, he goes, mommy, you're farty and dad's farty too. So that. <laughs> That uh, was, the, was the inspiration for that one. But there's a ton of them. There's a ton of those little stories. It's, again, we're storytellers. So how, how about you storytelling to help kids learn their multiplication? Oh, back? my God. I think it's absolutely brilliant and such an incredible give back. I'm <laughs> just, it fills me with joy because, and then schools, I, I hope the schools can use these books too. This would be incredible. But let's talk about your acting now. So yeah. you just finished uh, a Hallmark movie called mm-hmm. the Christmas one. Wait, I wrote it down, but now I don't see it in front of me. What was the movie you just finished? Just oh, finished. Christmas She Wrote. Did you yeah. just do that one? Yeah, Christmas She Wrote. That one uh, premiered in December. Okay, so everyone can see that. Well, I don't know if they can see it anymore because oh. it was only, it ran through the holidays, um, mm-hmm. but I'm making one, I'm starting at the end of this month after my quarantine is done, called yeah. Matchmaker Mysteries. It's the third Matchmaker Mysteries movie, and it comes out, I believe, April 25th. So that's a quick shooting schedule. So how long do you shoot for? Like three weeks, four weeks? Three weeks. Three, three weeks, three weeks turn around, edit. Have, wow. Yeah, we have six weeks or so for a post. And they might have a little more time this time around. But it's not, it's not a lot of time. Do we get to know anything about your character in this? Do you want to tell us? Yeah, or- I mean, so, I've, so there have been two Matchmaker uh, mystery movies that have already aired uh, last year. And so my character's name is Angie Dove. And I... Um, am a matchmaker i have a matchmaker show called the matchmaker with angie dove and then i also stumble upon murders and help to solve them and so there's a detective detective carter played by victor webster 
he also has done many Hallmark movies. He's done other things too. I can't remember. He's got this one credit that everyone knows him from, but I can't think of the name. Uh, Continuum, I think was the show. Continuum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, he's a great guy. and He plays the detective who usually has the, he's the homicide detective that I always run into. And we kind of, there's like a pretend, like at first I just really annoyed him. I was in his way. And now we're sort of warming to each other. And there's sort of that question like, hmm, do they like each other? Is something going to happen? <laughs> so we'll see. We'll yeah. see. When we tune in, we'll see. That's right. How, how when, you, when you are working on these and now you're in quarantine, so I'm assuming that you're taking your script and you're delving into your script. Is there a process that you like to use or you just like to learn the words and fill in the blanks and uh, saturate yourself with it? What's your process that you can instill upon everybody? Yeah, something that I've been working on more and more lately is the idea of the images that you see that inspire what you say. So what is my character seeing right now? What's the history behind this line? I, I, I usually learn that lines last. I like to memorize the lines last. I want to learn. I want for, The thing I want to memorize to start is what the history is. What does this mean? What's the image that I'm seeing? When I say real love isn't, like, isn't always like it, it is in the movies, but it can be just as wonderful, which is one of my lines for this movie. What are my reference points for that? You know, what, what am I going to, so I write, also I write that stuff down. Mm-hmm. And, and then when I'm practicing with that, the lines just come. I mean, I found that, I mean, I've been acting now for 30 years, yeah. more than 30 years. Oh my gosh. 35 years. I've been working for, I've been, I've been acting for 35 years and Still I used 20 to, years old to me, but that's okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it used to be that I would first memorize my lines. Uh-huh. And then once I had the lines, then I would think about anything else. But the weird part about that is that for me, when I learned my lines, I feel like I didn't connect to them enough. So it was harder to learn them. Mm-hmm. And so then you spend so much more time working on the memorization of it than you'd have to if you were already connected to them. So I like to connect to them first by saying, well, what's my, you know, I'm married. Life is, you know, so mo- love isn't always like it is in the movies. So I can think about some fight that I had with my husband or whatever, some like squabble. But it can't, doesn't mean it's not just as wonderful. And then I think about us making up, whatever it is, like just writing down those things. And then when I'm saying those lines, they have something behind them. And then the lines become much easier to learn. Yes. And then there's heart. So you can, you connect the visual, the imagination and the personalization, which is key yeah. to layering up the work. Yes. And I, I, you know, I write in those action verbs, you know. Yes. To empathize, to inspire, to convince or whatever but I actually I mean I feel like I do that because I think I have to (laughs) I don't I I don't know I'm still struggling with that in terms of how how much is that actually helping me sometimes sometimes maybe maybe at the beginning when you're processing just gives you look like when you're practicing gives you a little action a little inflex inflection in your you know the sounds but then at the end of the day it's probably the connections that are carrying that story right yeah, hundred um, percent. I love it. I love part of what I love about acting. You know, sure, math is challenging. Acting is challenging in a whole different way and so much more complex because you can't put your finger on it. With math, yeah, you you solve the problem, you figure it out. Yeah, but where are all the layers? Where where are all the hidden layers in there? And studying human behavior and studying body language and study how do you get the lines into your body and how does that affect your your behavior and the way you sit and the way you hold yourself and the and so I just I just find it endlessly fascinating it's kind of like when I gave birth you go like wait I made a baby 
thank, thank goodness I didn't, I know I didn't, I didn't understand all the things that went into making that happen, but like I created a person. And when you're acting, you're like creating a person, all the yes. intricacies and all the layers. And sometimes we're aware of it and sometimes we're not. And sometimes we, sometimes it's instinctive because we've been in a situation like that and you're, we're totally full on channeling experience we've had. Sometimes yes. we have to build it from scratch because we haven't been in that situation and we have to create it. And what is that? What is that like? It's, 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 I find it fascinating. It's fascinating and invigorating. And I love the invigoration I hear from your heart through this, <laughs> you know, through this, because you know what, it's so inspirational. And that's what the, you know, artistry is so inspirational because you are creating, creating, creating. Now, another part of your creating is you've gone into voiceover and I'm, I want to ask you about the voiceover only because my son's girlfriend, Claire Young, an up and coming young actress, and she's going to be like screaming that I said her name on this, but she, I told her I was interviewing you today and she wanted to know about how you got into voiceover and, and what your favorite role was. But I want to talk about the voiceover because I am fascinated with voiceover work, but it is a small industry to break into. Yes, it is. And even when you're in it, you're not necessarily somebody who gets called all the time. Um, mm. You know, for me, I voiceover work is a very small percentage of what I do. I've been on this show yeah. called Young Justice for a while, um, but I don't do much else. Like once a year, okay. so I, I don't really audition for it anymore. I used to, but a, a little while back, I just became so busy with, I mean, I'm so blessed to say, even be able to say this, so busy with my Hallmark movies and my math books and homeschooling my child and all the rest of the wonderful things uh-huh. that I didn't have time to audition anymore. And half of my jobs anyway would come from straight offers. So I don't work that much in voiceover anymore, um, except for uh, Young Justice, which is a series regular that I've been doing for a long time. So, so it's, you- it's, it's a wonderful thing, um, It's but it's not, I'm not, I don't consider myself to be a voiceover expert. I pretty no. much do my voice. Like that's, the voice that I do. <laughs> I do that. And I have done other voices. I've done, I did an episode of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles last year and I played a, a bad guy who was super snooty. And so I had a different quality of my voice for that. But generally speaking, I get hired for teenage girls. <laughs> Doesn't sound, so you don't change your voice. You just do, you fill in the blanks of the character and you just resonate. Mostly. As- yes, mostly. Yes. But is there anything different when you were, just to address the question. So when you were, is, is there a different process to it or no? It's the same thing, but you're just not seen. Um, I actually found that doing voiceover work helped my on-camera work because Mm -hmm. I, you can't lean on your facial expressions to emote. Mm -hmm. So when you have a line that says, I really like pickles, but sometimes they're too sour. Like you have to do that with your voice. You have to, you have to lift up the first part of the line and then bring it down like vocally. And normally like my, you know, 10 years ago or 15 years ago, actress might've just said, I really like pickles, but sometimes they're like, I would have kept it at the same level. Sometimes they're too, you know, what did I say? Yeah. Yeah. But but the idea of being, I really like pickles, but sometimes they're too sour. Having Having a tool you have to use more shows you, oh, wait, I have this tool on, on camera acting as well. Mm. And so I think it, it, it's made my acting a little more dynamic. Interesting. You know, enough. it's so crazy that you just said that because I just taught a comedy workshop today and, and it's so important to have the flips and the high, and you're using arrows as prompts up and down. But I just, I just had this aha moment when you said the whole thing about voiceover because, gosh, I'm going to incorporate that in my comedy because you need 
to have that comparison and inflection. That was amazing. Yeah. Thank you. I just my pleasure. Was- yeah, no, it's, it was. It's kind of like if you if you if you take away one of your tools, you have to use your other one more, and then you come back and go, well, I can use this one more anyway. <laughs> why not yeah, always? So why not always use this voice to to the fullest extent that I can? So I think that you don't really have tips to give to how to get started in voiceover because I think it just kind of came to you. So that were, there'll be other people. It came to me because yeah. I was already an on-camera name. And so a friend of mine who did yeah. a lot of voiceover work, uh, I went to a Halloween party of his and and his voiceover agent was there. And she said, hey, you want to do voiceovers? And I'm like, sure. <laughs> <It> just, <laughs> and well, no, not that I haven't had like hundreds of auditions, most of which have resulted in nothing, just like in regular acting. Um, but that, but in terms of getting representation, that's that's how it worked for me. But that's amazing, and which will let me segue into how important are connections. It's everyone you meet along the way. Because if you didn't go out of your house that night, right, and go to this party, that wouldn't have happened. And maybe this part sector of your career would not have happened. Right, absolutely. You never know. I mean, these days you can't go out anywhere and meet anybody. Well, that's true. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. <laughs> but it, we yeah. have hope and we have faith that that is going to change. Yes. And we will get back eventually and we'll be even more grateful than we were, you know, before, before well, COVID. You know, every I don't, I'm going to give some advice that I didn't use myself because it's a new, new world these days. But yes. if I wanted to get into voice acting, mm-hmm. what I would do is I would get a social media presence Mm. start following all the people you want to notice you start commenting on their stuff start putting out content I don't know like bring up a cartoon and take off the sound and do your own voice to it and just put your get a YouTube channel whatever you Twitter YouTube whatever link to it because you can now get your voice and your stuff even on camera stuff you can get that stuff in front of people in a way that we never could before. And that COVID can't touch. It can't have any effect. In fact, people are on their devices more than ever. And there's more of an opportunity there than ever. I would say create content. Oh my God. Such good advice. Such good advice. Because there's always that silver lining. Before we close out, okay? Because I know we're on a time limit today. And I adore you. I just love, love talking to you. Just brings back all my memories when we work together. So see- so I'm having a visual uh, personalization. <laughs> Give me three, three words of wisdom to young actors out there that are just starting out. Um, positive words of wisdom, a lot, but they can help push their career forward. Even now, because there's ways, which you just said, social media, but yes. maybe repeat yeah. it, but what else? I would say, yeah, I would say, so one of my pieces of advice would be Get on social media, seek out the casting directors, the agents, the producers that you, that you want to, your dream is to work with them or work for them. Seek them out, follow them, pay attention to what's important to them, retweet and stuff that's mm-hmm. some comment on things that they are interested in um, and, and put your content uh, on if you feel like you're ready, if you feel like you're, and, and so my said that kind of dovetails from my second piece of advice is, which is to record yourself, record yourself doing scenes. And watch yourself. Are you ready? Do, what do you need to work on? Do you would you believe it? Would, are you do you believe your own work? You know, and and work on it. And then don't put yourself in front of people until you feel like you're actually ready. Because you only get one chance to make a first impression. Night. That's such a cliche, but it's true. And and so you can start building your following now and 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 all that. 
you know, get the coaching if you can. If not, it's amazing what you can accomplish just by watching yourself mm. on tape. And most people are afraid to do that. But think about that. If you're afraid mm. to record yourself because you're not sure you're going to like what you see. What are we talking about? Yeah. <laughs> you got to face, number one is you got to face who you are and what you have to offer and where you need to grow and then work on that. And then my last piece of advice would be have something else that you love to do that you can make money at. Not because you think you're going to fail at acting, mm. but so that you can maintain sane and not desperate because that doesn't help when you are feeling insane and desperate, which all actors do at some point when that's all they're doing. Even if you've had success, even if you're coming off of a series, guess what? You go into a series looking for a job, you leave a series looking for a job. You're always looking for a job. You're always hustling. And the, the business simply is out of our control. We don't have our own destinies in, in control at all. And so have something else. I remember, obviously for me, it's writing math books. I remember mm -hmm. uh, Emily Proctor on the West Wing uh, talking with her about it. She buys houses, renovates them and flips them and sells them. Like she has this whole side job and she loves doing it. She said, it keeps, she goes, it keeps me sane. I'm like, right. You get, it keeps you sane. So keep yourself sane. And the best way I think to keep yourself sane is to find something that you love to do that you can make money at. Um, yeah. And then my life advice for anybody in general is to find the things they love that they can make money at that's giving back to the world. Something they're good at that, that gives back to the world. Like you were talking about passion and purpose. To me, there's nothing else that's going to fill that hole that we all have if we are not giving back, like you said, and fulfilling some sort of purpose that we have and discovering what that purpose is. And I tell my 10-year-old all the time, I'm like, Draco, just ask yourself these questions. What am I good at? that I love doing, that can give back to the world, that's yeah. helping the world some way. So you don't have to know yet, but just keep asking, asking yourself these questions. And I think that's, that's just the key to, uh, to any, any career, any, any happiness in any career. Incredible advice. And it opens you up and keeps you in your vulnerability. And your vulnerability is your superpower. Yes. Danica, thank you so much for coming in, hanging out, Sending so much love to you and the family. Have a great shoot on this next movie. And Thank everybody you. else, stay courteously aggressive out there and go for your dreams. Thanks, Danica. Thanks.